of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. We want to get you ready for Sunday's 1 o'clock kickoff between the Browns and the Ravens. So let's go to the hotline and bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter at brownzone.com, Scotty Petrak. Scotty, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get right to it, Scotty. Give us the walking wounded report right now for this football game as they head into this contest with the Dirty Birds in Baltimore. Yeah, Denzel Ward is out for a second straight week with a concussion. Wyatt Teller's out with the calf. Joe Hegg is out, the backup tackle. Um, the good news is Jadavion Clowney looks like he's going to play. He practiced the last two days. Um, and Kevin Stefanski said he looks like himself. Miles Garrett said it's as good as he's seen him move in a couple of weeks. So um, that's a big help when they try to contain Lamar Jackson. No doubt. And you, you need those bookends. But what about up the middle, Scotty? Um, yeah. Are they healthy? And if so, who's earned the right to start and play a lot of snaps in the middle of that defensive line? Yeah, I mean, they're healthy. I, you know, I expect it to be Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan again. We did see more. Um, I thought more rotation, more situational rotation last week where I think Perry and Winfrey, the rookie, played in like when you thought it was going to be a run, was in there instead of Taven Bryan. You saw Tommy, Tommy Togi and I play when they went with their big – they're big, big personnel. Um, right. So I, I think they feel like Togiai and Winfrey might be their two better run guys. Um, and then Elliot and Brian uh, have more pass rush ability. Um, but, yeah, that, that group has not been good enough this season, and I think that's been evident in the run yards they've given up. All right. I was a proponent of firing Joe Woods three times already this season. They have not elected to do that, Scotty. And I know – the players have to step up and execute, but I'm sorry. I look at this, and I'll, all I heard when we went out and did our visit, JT and I, and we did our show there, oh, this is going to be a top-five defense. Oh, my gosh, they're going to be one of the top defense in the entire league. Well, they're one of the worst defenses, especially in the fourth quarter, and I don't know how Joe Woods is still there. How old is the seat that he's on with the bye week coming up in two weeks? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty hot. I really do, and he admitted as much. Um, not this, not yesterday, but the week before when we talked to him, um, you know, he knows that he's under the microscope. A lot falls on him. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he said some honest stuff. Like yesterday he was talking to us and said, you know, they had a great off season, great training camp. And he was stu- He's just surprised that it hasn't carried over to the season. And, you know, I know that plenty of people, including you want to say that that's all about Joe Woods and I get it right. He's the coach. He's in charge of that. Um, you know, there's other things involved, but the fact that there's a belief that the talent is good enough, um, and then it's not showing up on Sundays, yeah, that tends to fall on that coordinator. When you look at the defense, Scotty, is there a leader, or is that leader out injured in Anthony Walker? Yeah, yeah that's a good question, Kenny. You know, I, I think Miles Garrett is a leader. I really do, and I know he's tried to to fill that role, especially the last couple of years, has taken on more vocal. You know, he's the guy that breaks down the huddle every week before the games. Um, I don't know if that's his natural personality, you know, 
but they do miss Walker. Now Walker's back in the building, and that helps, you know, especially in that linebacker room. He's in there helping those guys. Um, you know, I think John Johnson the third has some of that in him. I do, but you know, and I think JOK does too. But a lot of those guys are young. You know, you kind of tend to need an older guy that's a really good player. I mean, it helps if, that, if that's the guy that's being the leader. And I think that's why Miles tries to take on that role. Um, you know, and I think he does a pretty good job of it. You know, I'm not in those meetings. I'm not in the locker room. So it's hard to tell just how much he's getting through. Um, but there's no doubt that the loss of Anthony Walker showed up both on the field and off the field. All right, let's turn our attention to the offense, Scotty. And they went out and they got their backup quarterback that they wanted, knowing that Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended. They thought maybe for only six games. Turns out to be 11. We'll see if it stays at that number with the latest allegations against him. But they went out and they got uh, Jacoby Brissett. And uh, through the first three games, uh, Jacoby Brissett looked pretty decent, right? But every time they've asked him with the pressure uh, you know, there, the game on the line to do something. He has failed miserably throwing picks and starting the game last week, trying to force one into a tight window that put them behind the eight ball from the get-go. Uh, what, where is your assessment of Jacoby Brissett through a two-and-four start? Um, you know, I, I think he played better than I expected for, you know, maybe weeks two and three, and then and even part of week four maybe. And then I think he's regressed the last four and plus quarters, you know, starting with that bad interception in the end zone against the Chargers. Um, I thought he'd be more careful with the ball. And I know that he's really upset at himself for not being better, you know, in the turnover department, especially that early interception last week against the Patriots. It set an awful tone and there was no need for him to throw that ball, right? We talked about the interceptions late in the game. You know, there's some pressure to make those throws, right? You, you can't just keep running it. Time's running down. But he didn't need to make that throw to Farrell Brown. I thought he was open early um, and could have hit him earlier. But, you know, Brissett didn't even say that. He said, hey, it's all about the decision. It's a bad decision. And coordinator Alex Van Pelt said the same thing. So I, I expect him to be better in that area. Uh, but overall, Kenny, you know, it, this is probably if you average everything together, probably what I expected from Brissett, and that is, you know, I mean, he's a career backup quarterback that needs help, right? He needs the run game to be really good, and it has, for the most part, except for that Patriots game, but he needs help from special teams and help from defense, and those two areas have really been a letdown this year, and I think, you know, if you take, you know, take a step back, that's why the record's not better, is because the defense and the special teams have not given the offense the support it needs when you have a backup quarterback. All right, so that's the breakdown of Jacoby Brissett from Scotty Petrak, and you can follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. Read him every day at brownzone.com. What about the breakdown of the guy calling the plays? Because last week, and I heard all week, and I I got sick and tired of hearing, well, the game dictated that we – no, your strength – I would rather them give the ball three straight times to Nick Chubb, even if they've got eight in the box, than have Jacoby Brissett have to make a a big play. You can't just give the best running back in the NFL – what was it, 12 rushes last week? We regardless of the score or the defense they're playing, Scotty. What about Kevin Stefanski's play calling, and how much is that handicapping this offense? Well, first of all, I think outside of last week, Stefanski's and and a few calls against Atlanta, right, inside the five-yard line, um, I thought he, I thought there were a couple of missed play calls there. 
Um, but I think overall, through the first six games, I think he's done a really good job. And if you look at where the Browns rank in offensive efficiency and even points per game, I think that supports saying he's done a good job as a play caller. Um, now, getting to your point about Chubb last week, like I completely understand what you're saying, Kenny, but I know that if, 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 if you're the offense coordinator and your running back, I don't care who it is, is getting two yards to carry, that's you can't live like that. Like You can't win games like that. If you feel like you're beating your head against the wall, you can't do that. And, and the other side of it is if the Patriots are focused on stopping Nick Chubb, that should open things up for their passing game. And if you're going to pass, the best chance to succeed is on first and 10 where they're expecting a run versus third and eight where they know you're going to throw it. So I'm not saying he couldn't have run the ball more. And there are, there are certainly specific plays where you go back and say, okay, maybe he should have run the ball there. Um, but overall, I understand where Kevin Stefanski is coming from. Sometimes it's just hard to run the ball, and that's why, that's why you have to throw it, and that's why you need your quarterback to play better. All right. How effective will the offensive line be without Wyatt Teller? Yeah, I mean, that's a fair question, right? I mean, he's good. You know, he's a Pro Bowl guy. He's really good in the run game. Now, you know, I think Wyatt is still improving as a pass protector. Um, Yelda Froholt, he's really strong. You know, when you ask anybody. I'm sorry, what, what's one. his name again? I'm sorry, Yelda Scotty, Froholt. I thought you sneezed. Yelda Froholt. <laughs> okay, Froholt. all right. You never know what's Yelda. I mean, it's spelled H-A-J-H-J-A-L-T-E. So Yelda doesn't come naturally from there, but he's from Denmark. And I did a long story about him in training camp. And the guy is, I mean, he's built like a, he's built like a strongman. Like that's what I think he wants to do when he's done playing football is be in the strongman competitions. So he can move guys. He's got a lot of leverage. The question is, you know, can he get out in space as well as Wyatt Teller does? Um, is he in concert enough with Jack Conklin and Ethan Posick where, you know, they're moving like they need to move, you know, moving in unison like you see when they run the wide zone, right? Those are the questions. Um, but I'm not sure it'll be such a huge fall-off as some people are worried about. You know, and, and this might sound <laughs> ignorant, but, you know, it's still a right guard, right? It's not like it's yeah. um, your quarterback, your, your defensive end. Two and four through six games. I think all of us thought minimum they'd be three and three, not two and four, and the schedule gets tougher now, obviously, yeah. as uh, is the case. They've dropped three straight and you're on the road at Baltimore, it's a division game. The Ravens, as much as we bitch and moan about the Browns and how bad their defense has been in the second half and late in games, the Ravens may be even worse uh, than the Browns, uh, blowing leads throughout the year. So can the Browns' offense take advantage of that, or what's wrong with, I I guess, the Ravens' defense that that has them playing that poorly late? Well, it's interesting, Kenny. You're right, they've the Ravens have led by double digits in all six games, and yet they're 3-3. Three and three. And that's the first time in NFL history that's happened. Um, wow. But when I went back and watched their last two games, you know, it was the Bengals, they beat the Bengals, and then they lost to the Giants. I mean, there's mistakes there at the end, right? Lamar had two late turnovers. The defense gave up a late touchdown. But right, there's a lot of good players. <laughs> they do a lot of things really well. I mean, they have 15 sacks. Um, I think they have Eight, or they have 12, forced, or 12 takeaways on defense. Like, they do a lot of stuff well. So, I, you know, I think if you look at the Browns record, you go, okay, maybe two and four isn't, they should be better than that. The Ravens yeah. should clearly be better than three and three. And I, I think if you're the Browns, you have to be worried about the Ravens getting ready to take off because um, I think it could happen at some point. So, hopefully, you're catching them before that does happen. 
because um, I, I think there's a bunch of talent. Now, you know, they're not a super explosive offense. Now, if receiver Rashad Bateman comes back this week, which he might, um, he helps. They have Mark Andrews. They have Lamar, who's Lamar. Um, you know, but usually just overall the receivers don't scare you. Um, but, but they do a lot of stuff. So I think this is a tough – I really do think this is a tough matchup for the Browns. Now, if you get into the close game in the fourth quarter, it's kind of a battle of two teams that haven't been able to finish. And maybe, you know, maybe that can benefit the Browns. How are they health-wise, Scotty, as they go into this game? Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins is out. I think there's a report that he's going to have surgery and miss like a month or so. Um, but he's been ruled out with the knee injury. Um, and then they have seven guys that are questionable. You know, Mark Andrews is one of them. Didn't practice for two days and then was back today. Um, Marcus Peters, the corner. Um, their fullback, Patrick Ricard. Justin Houston, the outside linebacker, Rashad Bateman, who I mentioned, he's questionable as well. So it'll be yeah. worth paying attention Sunday morning to see if all those Ravens guys, because it was about six of those guys are the key guys, are right tackle. Um, Moses is questionable. And just see how many of those guys um, are able to dress and are active on Sunday. Because depending on who's out, that could make a difference. Scotty, when they drafted JOK, did they draft him? simply because of Lamar Jackson? Well, maybe I'll rephrase that. Not the only reason, but one of the biggest reasons. Yeah, I, I think it was on the list. I do. You know, I think it was style of play. They wanted to get faster. They thought that was the way of the NFL. You throw Patrick Mahomes into that mix, right? They're coming off um, that playoff loss to the Chiefs. Okay, we need to get faster. He had tire kill. Just the speed that the Chiefs bring. Um so, yeah, and I think it's interesting, and the timing's interesting, because JOK didn't play a lot last week. Because 33 snaps, Joni Takitaka played 51. So it was because the Patriots went big. They got big linemen. They were going to run it right at you. And this week is different. Not that the Ravens won't run at you. They will. But Lamar just changes all of it. And you need the speed to match up with Lamar, and that's one of the things that the Browns really think that JOK can do. So I expect him to have a big role. I expect him to be motivated after having this role last week. And I think he played pretty well in those matchups uh, a year ago against the Ravens. All right, Scotty, as you break this one down, and we ask you each and week, uh, every week for, for your prediction, uh, first of all, is this a must-win for the Browns? Let's start there and then get to your prediction. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's still week seven, so I res- I'm hesitant to say that. But it's a big game, Ken. There's no getting around it. It's a big game, and this two-game stretch is huge. If somehow the Browns can figure it out and maybe get a couple of takeover takeaways and win these next two games, then they're going to be first place in the AFC North heading into the bye. You can envision a scenario where they get to the five or six wins when Deshaun Watson comes back, and then who knows what can happen, right? Now, if they go 0-2 heading into the bye, that's when you talk about, you know, what changes are going to happen, right, is – you know, is Joe Woods get fired, you know, during a bye week? I mean, things like that, right? If you're at two and six with the expectations and the way the season has gone, um, then it gets really dark around here. But, so, yeah, I mean, either it's a big two-game stretch. It starts this week, but I'm still a little hesitant to go must-win um, this early. I'll say this, Scotty. How about – and tell me if this is fair. They must win one of the next two games yeah. minimum. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree with that. So, can they get it done this weekend on the road at Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, they can, right? I mean, there's, there's a way they played. I mean, they split with the Ravens last year. Um, 
And they should have won. They should have swept them. I know Lamar was hurt the second game. Um, but the first game, right, they had four interceptions of Lamar and couldn't cash them in and wind up losing on that Sunday night game. So, you know, it's a division game. You never know what to expect. I tend to think that those games get a little sloppier um, just because of the familiarity between the teams. And you don't see um, maybe the shootouts that you normally could expect to see. Um, having said that, you know, it's hard for me to pick the Browns when they've lost three in a row. They looked how they looked last week. Lamar's Lamar. Um, you know, I, I certainly know that the Browns are going to need to get the takeaways. I don't think they win this game. If Lamar plays a clean game, it's hard for me to envision the Browns winning this. So they need him to, you know, he turned, he fumbled. He lost the fumble last week. I think he's thrown like five or six picks this year. Um, you need him to do that again. I think for the Browns to have a chance. But I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, they lose again. I, I think it's just a tough place to win. He's a tough guy to do it against. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I'm going to go Ravens 23-20. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game as well, Scotty. And, and until they win again, I can't pick them. I just can't. Yeah. Uh, they've got to prove to me. They've got to earn uh, my respect in picking them to win. And I just have this feeling that they're going to be 2-6 and six at the bye week and decisions will have to be made. And that may be too big of a hole to climb out of, even if Deshaun Watson comes back in week number 12. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that, Kenny. I mean, 10-7... and seven, you know, you getting in this playoffs at nine and eight, probably not. So you need to go ten and seven. If you're two and six, what are the odds of finishing eight and one? Right. So right. I, I completely agree with all that. And I mean, you you know, you've experienced it. I've been in this building. When things go sideways, they can go sideways. So um, I know that that's what everyone's trying to avoid these next two weeks. Scotty, we appreciate the time and the insight. Keep up the fantastic work at brownzone.com. Everybody out there, follow him at Scott Petrack on Twitter, and we'll talk to you again next week, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, Kenny.